Hey, this is Hank Azaria. You're listening to Talking Simpsons on Laser Time. I didn't know that was a thing. This week's Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Audible, and you listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get started with a free 30-day trial and get a free audiobook. endorse this event or product. Ahoy, hoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, guaranteed to be more entertaining than a box factory. I am your host, Bob Mackey, and I'm speaking up in case any of you are wearing towels. <laughs> and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me, as always? Uh, Henry Gilbert, and since this has nothing to do with boxes, I'll just <laughs> shut these blinds. And who else? Uh, I didn't do it, dancer, Chris Antista. That's right. <laughs> and today's episode is Bart Gets Famous. Hey, go for the face. And this episode aired on February 3rd, 1994. And as always, Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in history. <gasps> oh, my God. Uh, my favorite character in Citizen Kane, Joseph Cotton, is dead. Uh, Chris, Mrs. Doubtfire. You didn't do Oh Boy Bobby. <laughs> oh, my bad. You're depriving the audience of the Oh Boy Bobby they come to this podcast Excuse for. Excuse me, let me reset. <gasps> Oh boy, Bobby. Wow. <laughs> Low energy. Low energy. Okay. Joseph Cotton is whoa, dead! Whoa, whoa, whoa. My favorite is uh, Citizen Kane character. He's in love with cigars. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire has turned the world on to transgendered hijinks. Lilith reunites with Fraser on the show of the same name. And AOL says computers are so overloaded that it must limit the number of customers during Wait. peak evening hours. I couldn't hear you because you were shouting. What happened to Joseph Cotton? Is he dead? He died. Oh. Yeah, well, those nurses kept him alive for a real long time. <laughs> they and, snuck uh, him cigars and yeah, booze and stuff? It wouldn't happen to uh, have a Oh, uh, please watch Shadow of a Doubt, my favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie. Mm. Joseph Cotton, I think it's 1945. Beautiful, beautiful movie. Great, fantastic. I won't tell you what happens. It's Mm. great. He's in it. He's good. Yes. Just trust him on that. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is quite an episode of The Simpsons. I think this is one of the most meta ones they have ever done. It really is. And I was talking with you earlier, Henry. I feel like Mm. so uh, we get a lot of new writers in this season, and they're really kind of making the most of ideas that were either squandered or not made the most of in earlier seasons. And I feel like this is them expanding upon the monkey's paw uh, Halloween segment in which the Simpsons become famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's more commentary about the the state of the show, the state of Bart losing his place as the show's star, mm-hmm. and sort of the commentary on him being just a catchphrase. I, in I, a lot get, of people's I get eyes. the gags from that episode confused with being in this Yeah, episode. yeah. Well, you get gags about the Simpsons fame, but you also get jokes this about... on a t-shirt. <laughs> Not <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> but you also get jokes about the soullessness of television production, That's too. true. David Merkin hates TV. And yeah. You see it all here. <laughs> and I think they also have an extra level of distance because, especially with Merkin running the show, almost none of the people on the writer side who were involved in the peak years of popularity are still there. So it's people from the outside who were on the outside looking in at The Simpsons joking about the time it was most popular in seasons one and two. Yeah, I mean, they are now maybe uh, number... 34 number like 52 mm. in the ratings that, that still means 18 million viewers i yes. mean more than any show would ever get now times five yeah without a football exactly and, but and um this is an incredible episode it's beautiful uh one. directed by Susie dieter he, uh, she, first ever 
the first ever female director on The Simpsons, mm-hmm. and she was Mark Kirkland's assistant director for a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sort of her mentor, but she is great. She would go on and do things like Futurama, but her her stuff is always good. Her, mm-hmm. her episodes are always really good. I remember she's pretty funny on commentaries too, especially on the Critic crossover episode. John Lovitz, I was just like John Lovitz, quit hitting on her. Yeah, and I I feel like I don't know if she was actually. If I don't know, is what everybody her- watching me hit on this girl? Good. Uh, I don't know which way she swings, but but she joked with him of just saying, "But what if I'm gay? I don't want to just say." I think he might have just been making too many gay jokes. Yeah, Mm. that might have been it. Uh, But yes, Susie Dieter, as Bill Oakley said in our interview, she was the lone woman on the director's staff back then that they worked with, and she was Mm. she's really good. Like she has a very workmanlike quality, I'd say, and really good acting. I think. And we see a twister mouth in this episode, which sort of caught me by surprise. I forgot that twister mouth. Yeah, and I, I I say this every time it happens. This this could be the last one. I think we're we're getting to the last twister it mouth. Might be. Uh, now I think we have to make a YouTube compilation. I really perhaps. want. I was, I was thinking yeah. about it, at least a Frinky Eye compilation. Yeah. We can hide it because I only want to see them in slow motion. Yeah, how the nose gets over there, the, how the jaw dislocates. So <laughs> and um, we never talk about the chalkboard gags, but I did want to mention this one. It's a reference to the one arm man. Bart is is saying that he is won't blame something on the one arm man, and that is a reference to the. Fugitive, the fugitive, which film of The Fugitive, the Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones film, that came out in 93 and was mm-hmm. getting Oscar buzz in early 1994 when this episode aired. So that's, right. that's why they got one doing... for Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Every yeah, I... outhouse, steakhouse, and pancake it's, house. It's Found them. Also... House of Pies. It's, it's <laughs> also one of those things that like everything you watched in this period referenced The Fugitive. Yes. It did. It, it was it, huge. And like unlike a lot of other popular movies from 1993, I don't ever see it anymore. I had to go out of my way to watch it again. It's still really fun. Mm-hmm. I gotta watch it. Yeah. It's really good. And I, I just... It, a movie based on a TV show that is really good and won Oscars. Mm-hmm. It's probably why they keep doing it. Probably one of Tommy Lee Jones' most iconic roles yeah. uh, of all time. Yeah, I mean, he'd been in a lot of movies before then, but mm-hmm. it made him famous, yep. that one. And he pretty much would just play that character the rest of his life. Because yeah. if you remember, no, he's, in, he's in No Country for Old Men, and I forget that. He's, yeah. he's kind of the, the same guy, like, no-nonsense, like, dude. Yeah, the he's same guy, but, like, ten, like yeah. four years older. Yeah, Remember years they made the sequel without Harrison Ford, just yeah. U.S. Marshals, mm-hmm. that it's... Oh, you're right. Fugitive again, except Wesley Snipes is yep. the fugitive, and Joey mm. Pants is in it too. Interesting. I forgot, totally forgot about that. So this episode opens uh, with Bart whistling a, a annoying but familiar Holy tune. Shit. This is fun. Bart, I've asked you not to whistle that annoying tune. You have all mine, Mama Dunt. Mm. Why are you so happy? Yeah, you kids gotta go to school. I gotta go to work. The only one who has it easy is Marge. Huh. And then she's scrubbing the floor immediately <laughs> to their uh, right. Yeah. I feel like Bart humming the theme lets you know immediately this is a very meta episode. Oh, this yeah. This is a commentary on the entire show yeah. with that theme. And, but and according to Simpsons Wikia, the, sh- the show's theme had just been rated one of the most annoying by TV Guide. Yes. Like that same year. They do mention that on the commentary, mm-hmm. which I think is unfair. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's a very pleasant theme song. And uh, for plot purposes, though, for the entire first act, Bart is wearing his lucky red hat. Which is this had... the last appearance of the lucky red hat? I looked this up. So, oh, boy. Uh, he 
wore it last in Brother Can You Spare Two Dives. Season three, again, they're pulling from season yes. three. They love it. And it would not be seen again until 2000's Insane Clown Poppy. Really? This is the last Lucky Red Hat appearance. Damn. Uh, uh, until 2000, yeah. And previously and then, we saw it in Called the Simpsons. Yes. When it, they thought Bart was dead because they found his hat. So we see the same thing said, here. When he washed it with a Homer shirt. Yeah, it's most and, famous in Stark Raving Dad. Yeah, that's right. Device, yeah. That it turned Homer all of the clothes pink with his Lucky Red Hat. It's so weird how that comes back so fucking conveniently. Well, Mike and, Reese jokes about it that he he said he heard newer writers joking like, oh, why don't we put Bart in his lucky red what's hat? What's the origin of the hat? Yeah, I mean... And then, and then Mike Reese is like, guys, I'm right here. I, I made up that hat. I'm now thinking of other references. Also, in Homer Alone, when they're bugging Marge in the morning, Bart asks where his hat is. It's behind the toilet. It's behind the toilet. Yes. We remember these things, people. That's why we're here. <laughs> That's why we're doing it. And uh, Lisa is having a fantasy. I love this fantasy. It's a really, it's a really good sequence. Impaled on my Nobel Peace That's Prize. That's what ends. How ironic. Yo, Lise, Lise, come back, Lise. Come back. Why? I'm so much happier here. I... <laughs> It makes it just a cut above a normal flashback. And that is the Nobel Peace Prize yeah. is a disc. It You're is that like I don't have one. Not, laser not, time, ladies and gentlemen. Not a pyramid. Uh, <laughs> but I believe Obama was given one preemptively. Like, don't start wars. Have one <laughs> well, of these. They, they gave him an award for not... Uh, he became peaceful by not being George W. That's Bush. true. And whoever follows uh, the current president will... I think they'll give him, like, two peace prizes. <laughs> but Lisa is writing her memoirs and is including uh, many of her achievements, including having a Facts of Life reunion, including long-time holdout Tootie. All right, let's get into this. No! Uh, you, okay, so you loved our 20 minutes on Hogan, Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> set your set your faces to stun as uh, we talk about the facts of life. This is one of those shows I grew up around and don't know anything I about. Ne- look, I barely watched the facts of life. In case you didn't know, Facts of Life was actually officially a different stroke spinoff, and it was about a group of girls who live in a dormitory in, uh, in an all-girls school, and you had... Uh, you had Joe, Tootie, and two other ones. I was kind of, I think that was one of my first TV crushes, the Tomboy. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe the Tomboy, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And think so of that what you will. It was a very popular show, ran for about eight years. It's true. And, and uh, one thing I remember, so I watched this a lot with my sister growing up, mm-hmm. and then much later, maybe five years later, watching Married with Children, they were never meaner to anything than Facts of Life. Yes. The, every, there were so many anti-Facts of Life jokes, and it was mostly about the girls being fat. I, I don't know yes, anything else about the show. It was really mean to the, I, honestly, it's not fair of like no oh you're young actresses you're child actors who all go crazy and die yeah but let's make fun of your looks now and those <laughs> i mean in this the, the behind the scenes story is those girls were not treated well the yeah. ones who were putting on weight but they're growing up on television famous yeah. well going through well, puberty yeah. and have all this money and like that's a lot for a kid to manage yeah, in addition the, to their weight the, the, and, and, <laughs> and jokes about it. Well, the poor Kim Mulchell was like sent to fat camp. Oh, you're like, right. You're supposed to be the sexy one on this show. You shouldn't, you got to get skinnier. And that even Joan Rivers called them the fats of life oh, on the Emmys boy. to their faces. But yeah. that's what Joan Rivers nice Joan, did. Baby. Yeah, she roasted them. Mm-hmm. They didn't realize how mean that was to poor children then. And now maybe it wasn't that fair, but so. Over let's 200 not children. Wow. So they did not have a reunion. Union until 2001 they and future they lisa up. did it <laughs> well joe was the lone holdout oh, of the original cast when they did the 2001 i loved her yeah, but it was because she was well the producers were nice in saying 
she was busy with another show, which she was. She was on a Lifetime show. But also, at the time, she was like, I don't want to be defined by Joan. I'm not going to play this character. Fair and, enough. And at first, they were going to say Joan was dead, but and they were all going to her funeral. But Is then, like, like a kayfabe reunion? <laughs> but so instead, they said, no, Joe just couldn't make it, so her daughter came instead. But it was, it was, it was a reunion done in the fiction of the Facts of Life. It was a life. fictional reunion. It was a reunion special that aired on ABC and the Wonderful World of Disney in 2001. Did George Clooney? This wonderful mullet comeback? No, it was only the four girls. It wasn't even one of the late the the uh, the cousin Oliver of the show was not invited back. Was like the head mother of that yes, place dead? No, uh, no, Charlotte she's Ray. Still around. Charlotte okay, Ray yeah. was still around then. She was still around 2011 when they did their last group reunion. That was not in a special. I think but- she was on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. It was a really good episode oh, yeah. too. Oh, oh. But the facts of life that was really bad. <laughs> but the the last interesting thing about the 2001 reunion movie mm-hmm. was that filming began on September 10th, 2001, <laughs> and that they were fil- so that was also why Joe couldn't even make it for one small scene because they they couldn't fly they couldn't to fly. Canada to film. I can't imagine being on set like, oh, we're back, nothing could go wrong. Oh, what's yes. happening? Oh, oh well, no. I see no problem with watching the news. Yes. I have the same feeling when I go, uh, so this is a, a, a slight tangent, which I know you guys love, mm. but when I look up screenshots or video games on this database we can have, we can access called Games Press, I think it is, yes. I'll go to old games I'm doing research on and be like, oh, you uploaded these screenshots of Kingdom Hearts on September 10th. I bet you thought your little jokes were so funny. And having worked on that side of things, that was probably in an Excel sheet for like eight months. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, the campaign uh, doesn't seem as important right now. No, it's like yeah. an even bigger screenshot of Sora. <laughs> and so Kim Victoria Field, she played Tootie, who you may remember her from Fox's Living Single, which yeah. she was on at the same time this episode aired. Wow, really? She was quite the babe. Mm-hmm. Hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. So there, I well, that wasn't too long on the facts of life. Now, play the entire theme song and let's hear from Joe. We brought her in. Let's... Theme song written by the late Alan Thicke. Mm-hmm. You gotta show, you gotta know it. Look, enough of this boring-ass Facts of Life shit. Let's start talking about something more exciting, like the tour of the Springfield Box Factory. Preemptively, I have to say, this rivals the Steam Ham scenes as as my favorite Simpsons thing. And it's even longer. The story of how two brothers and five other men parlayed a small business loan into a thriving paper goods concern is a long and interesting one. And here it is. It all began with the filing of Form 637-A, the application for a small business or farm. Many interesting and important things have been put into boxes over the years. Textiles, other boxes, even children's candy. Do any of these boxes have candy in them? Well. Will they ever? No, we only make boxes to ship nails. Any other questions? When will we be able to see a finished box, sir? Oh, we don't assemble them here. That's done in Flint, Michigan. Have any of the workers ever had their hands cut off by the machinery? No. And then the hands started crawling around <laughs> and tried to strangle everybody? No, that has never happened. And he popped eyeballs. Twist your mouth. I'm not sure what kind of factory you're thinking of. We just make boxes here. That, Everything. Is, uh, so, uh, sorry, Chris. This uh, is one of my favorite characters ever now. He's yes. so I mean, I love the way this escalates oh. in terms of boredom. Seymour Skinner is so happy. Everyone's like, oh, the box factory again. And he is just so tickled. He and Martin are really into this. Yeah. But as I said before on the show, I love boring characters because their <laughs> jokes are the most specific and the most like laser focused. It's hard to make boring things funny, it's, but it gets more and more boring as the scene goes on. Uh, I love the tour of his office, too. It's like, follow yes. this line. And in this and room, it will go right out the door. Oh, they 
they took that out. And, um, um, yes, but, it is like all the other My ones. favorite thing in that is just the story of two brothers and, and five other five men. Five other men. Yeah, and the voice so... he's doing is Bob Elliott, Chris Elliott's dad from Get a Life. That, and, that's his in voice. Real life. And oh. in real life, too. I mean... Uh, he was on a. Uh, he was part of a comedy duo called Bob and Ray, and Bob Elliott sounds like that. Uh, I think he just recently died. He was he hanging yeah. in there in his late nineties, but that voice you could hear on Get a Life. Oh, I love it so <laughs> yeah. very much. So I I love that Bart is so excited for the for this field trip, and then it turns out to be the box factory, which is the worst. And then that Edna. Edna becomes one of the kids too. She's like, I hate this so Not much. Not the box factory again, Seymour. Not the box factory. Again, and Otto, Seymour. so we see like a foreshadowing of the Poochie episode. So Otto, on the way to the box factory, they drive by Toy Town, the fireworks testing range, and the slide factory. So there was no fireworks factory yet, but the, you, they're almost there. Now, it, nowadays, kids will be thankful just to live in a town with one factory in it. <laughs> That's not in Flint, Michigan. <laughs> yes, the the shipping of unfinished. Like they can't even finish boxes there. It's like yeah. It's like it's not even a box factory. They they just ship flattened boxes. It's, it is a fucking cardboard factory. Yeah, yes. and and looks so, so. Kudos to Susie Dieter, but those boxes moving along a conveyor belt. I've never yeah. seen more fluid animation on The Simpsons in my life. Yeah. It's just so, it's so beautiful great. and perfect. I, and I do like the joke about television rotting your brain to fantasy of just like. I'll just be like Lisa and escape into fantasy instead of going to the box factory today. Where just that he can't imagine anything the because box of factory. television. It's so good, and, and I uh, loved his little TV as a kid. I always dreamed of having a little TV. It's, it's the first piece of data technology here. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I wanted so bad, but I could never get one because they. I think Sega made like eight of them. Oh, was a TV tuner TV. for your Game Gear. You would uh, need to buy stock in the Duracell company to power that yes. thing, though. The only thing I took from my considerably wealthy grandfather house when he died is he had a black and white Sony Watchman. Oh, and it, nice. It was like rear projection, like it projected <laughs> a black and white image onto, onto a, a piece yeah. of cloth through glass and you could hold it in two hands. That was, that you had to do that. And I thought, I thought it was the coolest thing and he died and I took it and like two years later it's like we're cutting out over the air transmission so I still have it it, it can't, it literally well, can't do anything. Don't hold it near your crotch unless you want flipper babies. It's the only thing <laughs> The only thing I can do with it... There have been some flipper It is the only place... The only thing I own where I can get authentic static from. Because, like, static doesn't <laughs> oh, even exist. Oh, I missed actual TV static. Yep. You're right. TV and another uh, important note is that the building they're in for the box factory is uh, modeled after the Klasky Chupo building. <laughs> which was a, just a run-down, shitty L.A. building. I'm sure that was, like... Uh, like a carpet factory at some place in the in the thirties or something. Yeah. They love Knox on Klasky Chupo. They yeah. have so many. I think they say again the like the building that sideshow Luke Perry flies through mm-hmm. is also modeled after the Klasky Chupo building. In in Krusty gets canceled, and in his office that he has a calendar with boxes on it. He has yes, I forgot I, about that. What I think is a paperweight shaped like a box, or it's just a little box on his. No, it's just there's, a box. There's so mm-hmm. many details like his his shitty windowless office that's just stark and depressing inside and they just have to walk through a line and but then they reveal that the box factory is right next to the channel six that's right and which uh, is not crusty loose studios exactly no which, i mean uh, yeah. they're all over the place with like is crusty bigger than than itchy and scratchy is crusty an international celebrity is it just a springfield celebrity i mean they kind of rewrite it for whatever they need yep. to be yes and uh, and then bart's escape through the laundry basket was so great too that he's i uh, just one of those like murkiny 
undercutting yeah, other expectations. The oh, the last thing I want to say about the boring stuff though is that though this episode is credited to John Schwartzwelder while Oakley and Weinstein were writing all these other episodes, it feels so Oakley and Weinstein the yeah. specificness of it. I mean, they keep more Schwartzwelder stuff than they do with other writers. Yeah. But as as Bill Oakley even told us, like maybe thirty three percent of a of a script credited to a writer is that writer's actual jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to say it's definitely them, but it feels very much like the Oakley and Weinstein <laughs> funny boring I, I feel like there was a lot of mean opportunities for John Schwartzwelder jokes that weren't met that's true in, yeah um, it could have been this, crazier episode, too yeah. I think he goes for crazier over being funny while being boring well when part. Homer shows up Captain Wacky is in town yes. and that's this, I, I've said this a million times I'm giving this one my the line of the show or one, one of them yeah. I had listed that's the joke just because uh, Bart disappears from the factory, they can't find him. They have to call Marge. She runs out of the shower, can't get to the phone in time, and of course that leads to the next scene: calling Homer at the power plant. Uh. Just a minute, don't hang up. Yellow, you'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. Just a great non sequitur. And <laughs> have we seen the showers at the plant before this? But it's, yeah, yes. okay. It's when they're talking, like say, when they're talking about watching the Dreader Chatham fight at right. Homer's place. But it's such a good joke, and it's even better that they acknowledge it for no reason yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing a towel. Just because it's ridiculous enough of the like, hello, and he's wearing a towel. That's funny. And also, but, he's showering at work. Yes, <laughs> and, but then just to drive it home, like Homer's naked at work and only wearing a towel. Just so he says, like, I'm wearing a towel. And where? How did he hear the phone? Even I feel it's like it sounds like something that joke was pitched and then a writer managed to top it and like it would be really cool if we put that in. Yeah, they did. Uh, so as a kid who dreamed of how they made television, mm-hmm. Bart going to the TV station yeah. was amazing to me. Like, is this how they make television? It's, it's a very Pee Wee's Big Adventure oh, uh, version yeah. of TV in which. Everything takes place in one building. They're just yep. different sets. It's like, here's your Western set. Here's your space if set. If you don't remember Pee-wee's Big Adventure, they're shooting a Christmas film with Wayne from The Wonder Years, a Twisted Sister music video, and a fucking Godzilla movie yeah, without Toho's permission. Yeah. Uh, and Tarzan. <laughs> and Tarzan. They're filming all that at the same time. And that's why I love that it was a child's idea of what a film... Uh, it's just like... I love that in, in shows now where they're, it's the back lot. I'm walking by a, a showgirl and then a, and then a guy in a toga. And every time every time despite not needing it for any movie made in the last 20 years a camel yeah, a camel will right, walk by yeah. in the back, back lot I mean we also have the return of the I didn't feel like it guy he's like I oh, wish I was dead well he's that's back. a little later yeah but, but I see in the this, first act so we get to see Bumblebee Man yes. and I think this is non-canonical I Bumblebee know, Man does not speak English we see his home life in 22 short films about Springfield where yeah. he is a, a uh, Mexican American or mm-hmm. wherever he lives I guess he lives in Springfield and always wears a Bumblebee suit yeah but not here. He's on. Uh, he's on Studios. What's Channel Six? Channel Studios? Six. Yeah. Channel Six Studios lot. Hey, hey, hey! No me gusta. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm really not comfortable with this, Ethan. What's the matter, love? It's just. It's. It's the same old tired gags, isn't it? I mean, let's give the audience some credit. How about a giant mouse trap? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and we we know from previous episodes he's from Channel Ocho, not yeah, Channel Six. Channel Ocho, all... what the hell is that? Not kidding. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't appreciate that. And then uh, then the best use of Bart's lucky red hat ever yep. leads to another like line oh, of the show, a perfect thing. dumb Homer moment that he puts this together in his head. Yeah, I, I would yes. I would give this line of the show, but I I repeat it all the time, but never with the specifics. Mm-hmm. Do, you feel, uh, do you feel like it's taking off of the Star Trek con yeah. thing? Well, it's kind of well, con, but it's also it's also damn you all to hell yeah. and blew it up and uh, four scenes in the Wolverine movie <laughs> he'll know as the camera pans Origins up. Wolverine mm-hmm. not uh, to be specific first Wolverine I movie. love this he might have fallen into one of these machines 
Oh my god, that's his lucky red hat. Not a box. He's a box. <laughs> my boy's a box. Damn you. A box. <laughs> <laughs> I love the sinister music. Yeah. Also, just like Homer thinks if you fall in a box machine, you become a yeah. box. Yes. <laughs> and then Homer, <sighs> the, the Dan's like voice is stretching like, a box. box. Yeah. Yes. A and, box. and the animation too, when he's shaking Skinner, like he could have yeah. fallen into mm-hmm. one of these machines. Mm-hmm. Like the way Skinner shakes on when he's pointing. It's really good. Yeah, so good. Me, but actually Bart is on the studio he's, set wandering around Krusty's really bad in this episode but that's I yeah. love Krusty in this episode because again he's he's any entertainment figure the yeah. Simpsons need so in this episode he's not only an egotistical star he's also a mogul manager type and he's like the most jaded yeah. person in the world too but like but astounding amount of bit cynical business savvy but I love the Danish lines. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, great. Because Bart steals uh, Kent Brockman's Danish. Well, because Bart takes the last Danish, yeah. and then he needs to get a new one, so he takes Kent Brockman's. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, heck. Now, uh, where am I going to get a Danish? Here's a Danish, Krusty. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Um, uh, that's Danish. Where'd you get it? I stole it from Kent Brockman. Mm. Great. <laughs> I, uh, he didn't touch it, did he? Huh. No. Uh, good job, kid. What's your name? I'm Bart Simpson. I saved you from jail. Oh, I... I reunited you with your estranged father. Uh, I don't know. I saved your career, man. Remember your comeback special? Yeah, well, what have you done for me lately? I got you that Danish. And I'll never forget it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> also, so good. Uh, when he steals the Danish from Kent, he goes, yoink, and yoink. Kent goes, yoink. <laughs> that, that was the most overt recognition of them, of the Simpsons loving the word yoink. Yeah. What's so gross about Kent? Like, what does Krusty know about <laughs> Kent that he's like, I don't want to eat anything Kent Bro- Brockman touch? There's so, there's so many different things infer you can infer about Kent Brockman. One, he's a coward. Yeah. <laughs> he's an egotistical asshole. And then lightly that he is so unapproachably right wing mm. and temperamental on yeah. set. I love that. I love if that he part loses about him. His Danish, he won't work. Yeah, and he's like he's he's yelled about not having his Danish, and this is him on air. Yeah, I know I'm on, but I don't care. I don't read the news until I get my Danish. Go ahead, try to find a replacement. <clears throat> a powerful tidal wave in Kuala Lumpur has killed 120 people. Hey, Chihuahua! Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Did to tell you who replaced Ken Brockman? Did you get yeah, that last part? I'm pretty sure it's um, Bumblebee guy. I know I've taken that too. The way Krusty goes, eh, 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 like those non-word I, answers. I'm sure like, you have. You've heard me do it. Like <laughs> if you ask, like, so Henry, did you do that? I was like, yeah. Eh, eh. Henry, did you bring back my DVD? Yes. Henry, you go into that party yeah. like, yeah. That's eh, the one. Yeah, That's exactly yeah. what happens. <laughs> So did we get to the part where uh, Krusty throws uh, Bart the towel? His big clown hanky. I, I, I didn't think hanky. it worked well in audio because we just referenced that in a Laser Time episode about Super Bowl commercial. I right. do have a link to it if you want to. Play. I don't know. It, it just doesn't play well in audio. There's no audio. We should describe what the Mean Joe Green... Well, okay, uh, it's a Mean Joe Green Coke commercial where like... Makes me feel good. I love the overtly sincere makes songs in these old commercials. I'm so I forgot how much I love the song and that 
that I, thing. Yeah. I mean, you would see parodies of this all over the place. I know Family Guy did one. I'm sure the critic probably did one. I, I was wasn't alive. I wasn't alive to see this on television, but I've seen so many parodies. I instantly understand. Yeah, you know that. I mean, it's it was 1980 commercial. Uh, during the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and it's one of the most memorable ones ever because it was used to. It is like kind of a heartwarming commercial mm-hmm. that it did very well. They they played it internationally. I found out even though mm-hmm. nobody outside of America knows American football and gives a or would even know Mean Joe Green, mm-hmm. who is just a defensive tackle. Like he was, he was famous, but he was he wasn't that was famous. He actually, mean I don't know. Well, he was known for being a rough defensive tackle. It, well, if I get the position wrong, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. sports people, but oh, they'll let us know. I wouldn't have gone out on that. He one. was known for being a rough player Mm -hmm. but this was in his last season he played all the way through the 70s this was one of his last seasons if not his last and Mm -hmm. it changed the perception of him as mean they're like oh you're fun and that's also why it's an effective commercial of Mm -hmm. this mean guy that the kid is afraid of Mm -hmm. but wants to thank him then he's like Hey, this Coke made me special. And, and because he, of this Coke, I care now. <laughs> and, and I Joe, care. Yeah. You made me <laughs> And Joe Green is still alive, believe it or not, it, which is for an NFL player who yeah. got beaten to shit. I like, mean, we still have like six days before this post, oh, right? Oh, boy. Uh, well, Drives in oncoming traffic weeks, right? with his granddaughters yes. in his car. Well, he still is currently. And he actually, this year for a special during the Super Bowl, around Super Bowl mm-hmm. weekend, he reunited with the former child actor from the commercial. And ha- really he's cute. like 50 now, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. And he also joked that, so for the shot, the kid gives Mean Joe Green his Coke, a full Coke. Mean Joe Green drinks it all on camera. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about in the filming of it, he's like, I drank a full Coke every take. You know? <laughs> oh, my like, God. I had to, like, uh, he would, speaking of Rick and Morty. He would yeah. think, uh, yeah, he would, he would go like, uh, good job. <laughs> like, nope. And Kuala Lumpur, if you don't know, is the capital of Malaysia. <laughs> Kuala but, the, but the joke there is that Ken Brockman couldn't read the yes. word. He but didn't Bumblebee recognize Man. the word. Mm. Kuala and, Lumpur. And in the recent history, there have, uh, from my research, mm-hmm. in the recent history, they have had floods in Kuala Lumpur, but no tidal waves in recent history that I could find online. I also so. want to point out that uh, Krusty not remembering Bart yeah. is a very Burns-like turn because they have to say, okay, for this story to happen, Krusty can't know who Bart is or remember because there's yes. too much baggage attached. So Bart kind of goes through his history with Krusty and Krusty's <laughs> like, what have you done for me lately? So I like how they sort of address that immediately because Krusty should know who Bart is. He really should by <laughs> yeah. this point. I mean, Krusty uh, in Father Like Clown he needs to be reminded of of Bart's existence, but once he is, he's like, okay, I remember that kid. I mean, at least, okay, he saved him from murder. Mm-hmm. He saved he saved Krusty from going to jail for shoplifting. Shoplifting, right? Not murder. Why did I think murder? <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, and then we have the reunited with the father, and then we have the comeback special. At least those three. There've been more yes. instances where they interacted. Yeah, uh, Camp Krusty, where they hung out in Tijuana. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many Krusty well, and Bart and, meetings. And this joke will kind of be redone again, but in the itchy and scratchy episode with Chester J. Lampwick where Krusty, they name all the things they did to help Krusty and then Lester and Eliza reconnect him with his estranged wife and they're like, what? Oh, that's right. I didn't even know about that. So, 
I like that it's them recognizing the show has a long history already, but they just need, you're right, they need to reset. If For plot purposes, if Krusty knows who Bart is, then the episode doesn't work the same. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing Mrs. Penny Candy must have quit that week or was on yeah. vacation or something. And uh, she would have been his personal assistant. We saw the last of her a long time ago, unfortunately. She so. would reappear in a background scene I guess so, some years with later. With no lines. Yes. So where are we now? I think so. The start of the start of the next episode, the start of the next act, is a great intro of the yeah. act break of Bar- Homer arriving with the box. Like Marge, I have something I need to tell you. <laughs> I, like, I have some terrifying, bone chilling news. And Bard comes in to tell the family that he's been offered a job, and his reaction to Homer is kind of like my reaction to people when I go home. I love it. Political love talk it, starts. Yes. But for now, I got a job in the show business. From now on, I'll be helping Krusty the Clown after school. Mm, I don't know, Bart. You're only ten. I've got a weekend job helping the poor, and I'm only eight. <laughs> That's not a job. It's a waste of time. <laughs> what can poor people pay you? Nothing. What satisfaction you get from helping them? None. Who wants to help poor people <laughs> anyway? Nobody. So, anyway, <laughs> can my mom, can I take the job? The cricket the, adds a lot. The looks audio, on the children's faces. Yeah. In this audio-only uh, version, I never noticed those cri- crickets yeah. mm-hmm. before. I mean, it's always there, but when his voice drops out, it like yeah. it pipes yes. up a bit. Uh, you can it, hear it. Yeah. Just so you know, kids, you're not supposed to be like Homer. Yes. No. Don't no. find yourself sounding like him. So I swear I've heard on other commentaries, they've said that, that charity speech had been given unironically by John Schwartzwalder before. <laughs> that they'd said, or that he'd said that about recycling, too. They've said in the past that he said, actually, there's more rainforest now than ever. So, that does like, sound like John Schwartzwalder. John Schwartzwalder sounds like a bit of a conservative troll of the... Actually, that was another thing Al Jean joked in a commentary that John Schwartzwalder, right after the election of Bill Clinton, said, uh, soon enough, uh, I'm hanging from a tree. Yeah, they're going to and lynch then, Bill Clinton yeah. for some reason. Actually, insured people get sick more than uninsured people <laughs> but that's what we love about john schwartzwalder he's like a cranky fun guy yes. and one of my favorite jokes i have look white dude fine i'll take that criticism but uh i'm also italian i will not oh, apologize yes, for being yeah. white chris i'm also italian and i never ever get stereotyped in shows and when i do i am so <laughs> fucking happy and and my friends use it as in jokes to describe me i've been called pepe after this i love it I love this clip. I oh, what a what a wonderfully old stereotype. I remember my first after school job. I was in a band. Hello everybody, I'm Archie Bell and I'm also the Drells. We got a new song called Tighten Up, and this is the music you tighten up with. Hey, what's the matter, you? You crazy kid. You're chasing away my business. Buzz off this epic. Hey, go for the face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, still pretty good at playing. I think the Italian <laughs> organ grinder joke is gone. Yeah, I mean, um, this character would become Luigi, too. Yes. In it's, the, in the, it's, maybe in the 70s organ grinders, you'd see some of them. It, I, and sometime not. in the, the early 80s, Italians were made officially white people. I don't know yeah. who did I mean, it or who Homer, made the decision. Homer is a one-man band, Yes, which if you don't know what that is, just Google it. You'll see it. When did that dry up? When that, yeah. that fad, I wonder. Because so to me, the, the flashback seems like it takes place like in the 1920s but it, yeah. I don't know maybe this was happening in the 50s well Bober was playing a contemporary song he if, was if that was Homer's first job when he was say 14 it, then we know that he was 18 in 1974 so mm. that would make this 1970 it, it, everything he said here for years 
sounded like gibberish. I thought like it was just words. Gibberish. Yeah, yeah. Archie Bell and the Drells. Archie Bell and the Drells is a band who made the song called The Tighten Up. And it's, goddammit, if it isn't one of the coolest songs ever made in the universe. And why don't we take a quick break and hear uh, that song? Let's do it. Called The Tighten Up. This is the music we tighten up with. First tighten up on the drums. Come on now, drummer. What's the tighten up for me now? Oh, yeah. Tighten up on that bass now. Tighten it up. <laughs> yeah. Now let that guitar fall in. Oh, yeah. Tighten up on the organ now. The Simpsons will be right back. I hope you guys are enjoying this showbiz-focused episode of The Simpsons. I know I did. I really, really liked this episode. But you're gonna in a little bit. You're gonna get to see basically season one of Conan O'Brien, and I thought that tied in well to today's sponsor, Audible, where you can go to audibletrial.com/lasertime and get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial just for signing up. Where you can listen to almost 200,000 titles, audiobooks, comedy albums, radio shows on your iPhone, Kindle, desktop, MP3 player anywhere you are listening to this show right now. I could go out of my way to recommend a bunch of bestsellers I've never heard of, but one of the things I just found that was on there that I've always wanted to check out is Bill Carter's War for Late Night. Yes, it's the guy who wrote that uh, book, uh, The Late Shift, that had an HBO movie based off of it about Letterman and Leno fighting it out for The Tonight Show. Uh, This is a pseudo-sequel, as history would dictate, from the 2010 fiasco where Jay Leno ripped The Tonight Show back from Conan O'Brien and Letterman made fun of everybody. Bill Carter's book uh, tells it all and you can try it out for free just for trying Audible out for yourself. And how can you do that? Once again, that URL is audibletrial.com slash laser time and you can give Audible a shot for 30 days and get a free audiobook like The War for Late Night. you like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. I don't know if it's a good question of the week. The movie you saw the most times for no reason. That movie is My Blue Heaven. Oh, Oh, I love that movie. And it's weird. I love it, even though there is literally nothing in that movie to love. I remember seeing it so many times on the uh, rental shelf of my local video store and being like, well, I like Steve Martin. But he looks like a real tool on this cover, and like he's that's a former mafia dude, Sucks. very specific former mafia dude. Oh, he's supposed to be Henry Hill. He's, it's yeah. allegedly Henry it is Hill. a secret sequel to Goodfellas. Yeah, wow. it's a comedy story of Henry Hill after mm. Goodfellas. Uh, yes, yeah, sequel. You're right, but before he became Hank Hill, but without uh, giving him any money. <laughs> yeah, before he went to the what? <laughs> Getting out of the mafia and opening a propane. He always wanted ship. to be a gangster. <laughs> I, <laughs> they carried my mother's grocery home. You know why? <laughs> It was out of respect. Um, <laughs> I just said you ain't right. I don't. I didn't mean anything by it. That made man ain't right. Get the heck out of here, Tommy. <laughs> Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast, as well as full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. 
It's, a, it's impressive how well Homer still plays Tighten Up while being attacked <laughs> you by know that how hard monkey. that song is to play? Half that song yeah. is like solos from other members of the band. He's still playing three of his like six God, instruments. Yeah. Homer should have stayed in that job. Like That's a really good job for him. It's funny that after staring at Homer after the charity speech, they then also stare at him after he's like, a gig, son. The job, <laughs> the job is called, called a gig. gig. Yeah, And they're just like, anyway <laughs> there have been previous episodes in season five where homer says something crazy and no one acknowledges it they just move on yeah. so uh or marge just goes mm. as somebody who is living a dream of theirs of being say going from a person who plays video games to writing about video games i wish i was dead i know the both sides of that feeling of just like the fresh-faced person who starts who then is like we're pretty lucky, aren't we? Uh-huh. And then being on the other side of seeing the fresh-faced person who starts who then says, we're pretty lucky, aren't we? And I, like, I wish I was dead. I, I am the Danish guy. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, I, there's one big myth, and that's in the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. What happened to the boy who got everything he wanted? What? He lived happily ever after. No. That's actually never, ever, ever the case. And you know how I know that? Every biography I've ever seen. That's true. Yes. And even being able to do this for a living, which I love every single day, but the guy saw me beforehand. I was so dumb and punch drunk and tired. I could barely form <laughs> words. I don't know how I'm getting this together. Uh, and, and so that message, that message is you will eventually hate this. And this yeah. is this is actually I recognize this now. It's kind of an arc in mm-hmm. many Simpsons episodes of they start they usually start act two getting the job they think they love and then the following scenes are them falling out of love of which it's true it. yeah and Just, this is another of those the mo- my moral of life is that you can't be satisfied with something unless you have degrees and that has to mean that eventually you'll be dissatisfied with satisfaction otherwise you're degrees? not you're not evolving or growing or oh, changing okay. why am i talking about this i, I also like crusty i love crusty's reaction to his horrible toilet like i yeah. don't know what uh, i was thinking last night but and as of right when bart's getting disenfranchised with all of show business in this wonderful montage uh crusty stops him at the exit door bart i need to use you in a sketch you want me to be on the show it's just one line. Mel's supposed to say it, but he's dead. Dead? Or sick. I don't know. I forget. Anyway, all you got to do is say, I am waiting for a bus. Then I hit you with pies for five minutes. Got that? I'm waiting for a bus. Makes me laugh. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bart Bart gave Sideshow Mel a cheese sandwich. Yes. And just having cheese in his mouth, oh, his lactose goodness. intolerance is so violent. Just having cheese in his mouth gave him violent diarrhea. Which he spits out. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't even swallow it. And I want to yell at you some more. Dan Castellaneta is screaming. There you is little so, Rob Scallion. He is so good in this episode. It's Krusty yeah. and Homer and yeah. Sideshow Mel. Yeah. There's cheese in the sandwich. <laughs> and oh, also the phone call. I see you have the clip of it. The clue reference. This was the one as a kid I love when he gets the call from Krusty in class. Yes, yeah. I. <laughs> That is really... Okay, kids, open your books to page 60. (laughs) Yes, Krusty? Bart, I need to get your fingerprints on a candlestick. Meet me in the conservatory, chop, chop. Don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. (laughs) (laughs) And and this is 1994, so most of the joke is Bart has a cell phone now. And he uses it for Krusty. A boy pulling out a cell phone in class was a strange thing back then, Mm -hmm. that a 10-year-old would even have a cell phone. But that's... I love that joke because you get a clue reference in there, but it is a funny turn on just like... I felt like that joke could probably, even in 94, been done a million times of... 
the celebrity accidentally killed someone and is trying to cover it up. This is even pre-OJ Simpson. And this, and so to add the extra turn of its clue instead of just him going like, I may have killed a an, an escort or whatever. I like that joke a lot better. And then they even have a joke too about basically TV writers complaining how credits are on TV, which is pretty shitty. And that was the like, first time their credits were fucked with. Now, uh, I don't watch a lot of cable TV anymore. I haven't had cable in like a decade, but now they do this weird thing where it's like the credits are shrunk the credits the credits are shrunk down to the corner of the screen yep. and they start before the show actually the ends intro of the new show yeah and, and yes. they're literally illegible it should be illegal if you're in a writer's union to have your credits well, displayed only, like I that I remember that from Mr. Show that there's an episode where they fuck with all the credits yeah they're like and, drawn on or whatever and the writers guild said you can't fuck with the writer's credits. Yeah. That's, that is not, you're not allowed to That's do verboten. that. They cannot be, you cannot even make a joke about it. And uh, on an HDTV, I could finally see Bart Simpson's oh, really? name in there. It is one of my favorite ever Simpsons made up names is Betty Symington. Betty Symington. <laughs> I, I love. Uh, also, we get a taste of Nelson's like bizarre morality. Yeah. So we have the, that's for wasting teachers' valuable time, and that that's for taking credit for someone else's work. I saw like, it coming from a mile, miles away, but I love Nelson does that and then walks away to reveal Homer's been watching the whole time. Yeah, just like you just punched my son. Yeah. yeah, it was a great reveal of Homer mm. behind there. Oh, and then it's Bart signing the things at the crusty over there. Event. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love you, crusty over there. And oh, the first appearance so of uh, Monstro Mart, which is really like Costco oh, or yeah. Sam's Club. We'll see that in Homer and Apu next. Oh, yeah, that's in the very next episode. That Krusty shows up to all these appearances, sits on a stool, and stares longingly while smoking a cigarette. And phone culture has ruined me to such an extent. Like, you can sit still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a human being, and enjoy things. cigarettes. Oh my god! <laughs> and we have again Barney uh, impersonating someone else. Before he was impersonating Krusty <laughs> and, and Camp Krusty. Now he's Barney. Yeah. Oh wait, no, we're, we didn't talk about how I didn't do it happen. I haven't. So Bart is put in the sketch mm-hmm. to replace Mal. All he has to say is, "I'm waiting for a bus," and instead, knocks uh, over he knocks over everything and says what is probably. At that point, Bart's like 18th best catchphrase, yeah. but they make that the catchphrase. I am waiting for a... I didn't do it. <laughs> I, I loved... I wanted to include that laughter just because having done so many of these and gotten so many of these clips that the simpsons does reuse its audience laughter on occasion but Mm. like uh this is my second favorite crowd laughing sequence after the smug white people of the garrison keeler oh yeah uh, Yeah. but like both great crowds these are it's a it's a different crowd Mm. reaction laugh with an awesome audience shot and this is actually like a a shortened form of a a line he had in moaning lisa when he's playing the punch out game with homer where he said i didn't do it there's no way they can prove anything anything. yeah Yeah. this is also here's like a voice sample in the Deep Deep, Deep Trouble, Trouble song. That's right. I think of that more than the episode it was in. Yeah, well, that's because it was a catch... The Simpsons kind of washed its hands with all the t-shirt catchphrase. Yeah. Well, Bart's because top before... phrases were like, don't have a cow, man. I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? I, Caramba. Underachiever and proud of yeah. it. And Bartman. Bartman only existed in merchandise. He appeared yeah. once in Three Men in a Comic Book, but he was not a character in the show at all. Mm-hmm. He was in a video game, too, but mm-hmm. it was, was just, just a fun things. merchandise idea. Yeah. Well, because yeah. Batman was so big in 89. Yeah, it was like, here's a popular thing with another popular thing. It was Fe- pre-Family Guy. Featured in my Facebook photo as a uh, like genuine 1991 corkboard thing that I ruined for an anti-Trump rally. <laughs> Come I, at me, bro. I love that shot of Bart looking at the audience. Mm-hmm. You get the yeah. real feel it's of like so good. a star is born. Yeah, like that's it really is. But even for me as a dumb old school animation nerd, 
pre-computers, the lighting effect there. It's mm. the kind of a, like there's a lot of things that you won't see in with computer animation, but the whatever the effect is that they create light casting upon Bart yeah, is something like, you literally can't see again. It takes extra work yeah. because they have to do a second pass or yeah. a second layer of animation mm. or actually use a light and film that. Like there's yeah. a lot going on. Whenever they have like a layer of shadows, there's Sometimes intentionality like brighter behind or that. darker paint to yeah. convey light. It's it well, just doesn't need to happen same anymore. Same with like when they had when it was ink and paint and they mm. had a sunset. It's like that's a gradient that had to be mm-hmm. airbrushed by somebody likely. And all the skin tones change too with the, mm-hmm. the sunset too. Yeah, so yeah, beautiful. I just love the, the physicality of this artwork. But uh, I didn't do it catches on. It's sweeping the nation. We're... Though Krusty thinks it do- isn't going to be a oh, my God. reaction. I, I, another great, this is such a stilted arch Another great do not have yeah. meta joke on how, to, how the scene was supposed to go. Remind me, never to let you on stage again, kid. Some people got it, some people don't. And you, my young friend, do not have Hold on, I want to finish this thought outside. <laughs> it's that kid! It's the I didn't do it guy! He's mine! I own him! And all the subsidiary rights! <laughs> I feel like in modern times, the I didn't do it kid is someone who has a really popular tweet. <laughs> and like, they didn't expect their tweet to be really popular. They had like 29 followers. And uh, once they hit like 10,000 retweets, they're like, contact my agent to use this tweet yeah. in, your, in your news story. Or like, contact my agent to interview me about this tweet. Mm, or a Vine star. Yeah. Kind of oh, that. the Vine stars are all dead. The Vine oh, yeah. mansion burned down. Hi, I'm an agent from Unilad. We really loved you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> God, yeah. Actually, a Vine star now is like a dated reference. Yeah, there you go. Just, I mean, uh, read the expose on the Vine mansion on Vine yeah. Street full of Vine stars. They're, <laughs> they're all horrible. Like, yeah. Uh, but also the Vine stars like, we should be paid more for this, right? We shouldn't keep doing all this for free. And then Twitter's like, nah. Vine house. Vine house. <laughs> so uh, then Krusty starts squeezing it for oh, all yeah. it's worth. Why, this rickety ladder in front of this door is the perfect place for this priceless Ming vase. Eh? Eh? <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> Thank you. And now, the I didn't do it dancers! <laughs> They're like in Living Color's Fly Girls, and I believe in Living Color was still on the air. It was. At this point. It, was it was at its yeah. peak. So this I, is a dual. I think yeah. this is a, a real joke aimed at SNL and in Living Color and, and other sketch shows that just got by on a sketch that hit out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay. We're going to say that catchphrase every time from now on. We we have the sketch now. We just have to change out who who Fire Marshal Bill is talking to or who the church lady is talking to, but it is functionally the Let same sketch. Let me show you something. Yes. <laughs> I did like every Matt Foley sketch, though. Oh, I loved it. Uh, like, what will, he, what will he break through next? Uh, what was the one with Not him like, in spin class? Tall. Remember that one? Yeah, I think that was one of the sad ones where he was like actually sweating like, drugged lot. out of his mind and yeah. should not have been on TV. That is... Uh, Episode hosted by Martin Lawrence and musical guest Crash Test Dummies. Uh, if you want to go back in time for the best Matt Foley sketch, it's the one uh, with Christina Applegate and David Spade. I want to live in a one, van yeah. down by, by the, the river. river. Well, you'll have plenty <laughs> time to do it's like, it. I love when he when he picks up David Spade and says, like, wrestle around, and then David Spade has to, like, grab his face. Like, yeah. they, they can't stop themselves from laughing at Chris Farley. But Phil Hartman is just on. Like, he's like, no way. I'm not laughing. I'm, I'm Phil Hartman. Great sketch created by Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk. Kirk was the first Matt Foley not Dave yes. Foley which explains why Matt Foley is so angry it's and like Midwestern a, yes it's like this guy's angry in a Bob Odenkirk way god damn it but but refined through, by Robert Michael. Yes. Mm. but through the lens of the 
fat Chicagoness mm-hmm. of Chris Farley. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Read the Chris Farley show. It's one of the best. Um, it, it's, it gives you a real history on that, Makes too. you want to go back in time and save him, too. Oh, I, I just had a depressing revelation that I've, we've lived way longer without Chris Farley than I have with him. Yeah. We all have. Uh, yeah. And I just love that guy so much. So, uh, but, but, but he had catchphrases, so did Bart, and Bart's is sweeping the nation. Mm-hmm. Even Apu is saying it. Don't move, dude. This is totally a gun. I did not do it. Reminds me of a more innocent time when a catchphrase hits and everybody can just say it. Yeah. And like, yeah. there's no judgment or by people like me. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Also, so we have Quimby. Quimby. Previously with the Gabo episode, mm-hmm. he used the I'm a bad little boy <laughs> to get out of uh, the allegations that he killed his opponent, his yes. political opponent. Now he uses another catchphrase. And it works on everybody, but we can assume maybe not his wife until now. Honey. <gasps> Joe. How could you? I uh, didn't do it. <laughs> good, good Nancy laughter there. That is officially the first appearance of Mrs. Quimby. And do we know his name was Joe before this? That's uh, obviously yeah, Joe Diamond Kennedy. Joe Quimby. Oh, Diamond they, Joe Quimby, you're right. Yeah. yeah, I think in his first appearance. Sorry about that. The best use of it is Patty and Selma. I didn't do it. This is the third time that this building is <laughs> burned down because someone has been smoking in bed. I didn't do it. <laughs> the guy's. Guy, I never heard the help me for four, but the yeah. guy still stuck in the fire is cracking up. I feel like they added that in after the fact because his mouth doesn't really move. But yeah. I feel like also at this time, maybe it was dying out. Uh, but people dying from smoking in bed seemed pretty common yeah. around this era. It happened. Uh, More people were smoking, though. He didn't die, but like my friends, my first friends, like move out of their house, lost their house to falling asleep smoking. <laughs> Oof. Man, yep. It turns out uh, smoking c- cigarettes plus what? Couches. Couches. Mm, couches Falls are... in between the two cushions, sets both on fire, slowly lights. That's also your coffin. And... Yep. So when I was a kid, I read my I read at least a couple nice celebrity biographies. Mm-hmm. And so I totally could identify with this. Oh, this is a Bart biography, but it's mm-hmm. not even about him. And just like I know I read one on Hulk Hogan that I was like, This is fake. Like <laughs> this isn't Hulk Hogan's and life. Yet, yet another crazy Homer line that no one acknowledges. Yes. Him being well, gay Marx... for Oliver North. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> he was just poured into that uniform. The Oliver North mm-hmm. trial was about Iron the Iron Contra affair. Uh, he should be dying in jail. Yes, uh, that's my uh, political comment for this episode. Yeah. If you're looking for any uh, hope of rationality from the current political situation, mm-hmm. didn't work before. Well, no, it won't work and this speaking time. of SNL, mm-hmm. that's actually one of my favorite William Shatner ones of the Mute Marine oh, about God. Oliver North, who refused to say anything at the Oliver North trial. That was, that I, was uh, what the I don't Marine. recall. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, uh, that too, right? Yes, that was when we uh, got to see how 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 knowledgeable Ronald Reagan was and laid in his. <laughs> With all those holes in his brain. Look, anyway, uh, uh, even uh, more yeah. dated, uh, a weird MC Hammer reference. He's odd. No. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Hey, proper. <laughs> Love that well, line. We have like two MC Hammer references in a row with yeah. the Homer the Vigilante in this. It's just like this one. Because yeah. Hammer wasn't not it's big Hammer. at all. Like, it, even in his original 
like horribly '90s parachute pants. I think like form. Hammer Mania was officially dead in '92. Mm, was it? I'm, oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure but he was pretty close to be like the Hammer Man show had been canceled on ABC Kids in the had, morning. This and is how we do. Was coming. He, no. I mean, the fa- Adams family. Oh, no, you're right. Adams this is how we do it. Is not Hammer. Like, no, don't don't stop we the have, show. We have to pray just don't to right, make but, it. Today. But anyway, the, the Hammer too legit. Yeah, the too legit was his second one. His his sophomore hit, but people had kind of been like, ah, he's corny now and he uh, he's not too far away from trying to rebrand himself as a tougher guy wearing Atlanta Falcons jersey before going full preacher it's true yeah. we are in the Bay Area we can visit the abandoned Hammer Mansion Price no man can save yeah <laughs> Overlooking Except Oakland to inspire VH1's yeah. behind the music, um, but the he, greatest he, behind the music yeah. ever was that one. Yeah. But it's it is a weird Hammer joke because they're just listening to his music. It's not making fun of Hammer. I think it's, it's making fun of. It is uh, making fun of the Yellow Album and and Simpson singing the blues. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Yeah, it could be making fun of like Vanilla Ice and how usually like, oh you just took another song and just added your own thing to it. Maybe love, yeah. love yeah. the word proper because I proper I loved Hammer. That's like the, my first CD I bought. Uh, Wayne's World soundtrack, second Simpsons Sing the Blues, third MC Hammer. <laughs> wow! Um, Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. Yeah, yeah. don't hurt like, them. I was a big, big fan, and just I don't. Attri- I never heard him say proper. I don't know what that's attributed to, but well, I love he is it. He's the master of ceremonies, so <laughs> he can say whatever he wants to. And then right and, after that is when Barty is posing his Bart yes, on the phone. Oversaturation to uh, the extreme. I have to pay to see my own grandson. That's the Democrats for you. <laughs> see the boy, $5, or call him 24 hours a day on Bart Chat. Bart Chat. Are you Bart? Here I am. I didn't do nothing. Uh, isn't it I didn't do it? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be cheaper to just have a recording of Bart? Like on the Corey Hart? Yeah, that's how they did it with literally every other hotline. I am so Crunchy the Clown. It's basically the same joke (laughs) as Crunchy the Clown. I just love how they just hire this wino to fill these roles. like... Everybody staring at Bart in the classroom is such a perfect way of doing fame, like of of explaining fame that it's just you're in class and you're trying to learn and everyone is staring at you. It's it's, mm. it's just the visual of everyone it's, looking at it's Bart. Also, it's my so favorite great. ever Simpson shit post, mm. the, just of this. It's and then it pulls back and instead of Bart in a chair, it's Burns from the sitcom with his yes face <laughs> and he goes yes and like yeah, that's like my favorite line ever. Um. <laughs> uh... I never thought I'd say this, but shouldn't we be learning something? Say the line, Bart! I didn't do it. Yeah! <laughs> yeah be, that's probably one of the best images for this episode. If it I is had to great. Yes. One. I, and I, then I, we, we have Homer commenting upon the, uh, the phenomenon. It's so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we should mention Steve Urkel. He was the... Um, uh. So, he was a one-time character on Family Matters, named after a friend of a writer on the show. Oh, I didn't know. And it ruined that guy's life, obviously. Of course. And people loved, the audience reacted to him so much that the show was eventually built around this one-time nerd that visited the show. Family Matters was supposed to be a story of just a black middle-class family It was supposed to be a boring black sitcom. That's what I love about Family Matters. So, Mm -hmm. it starts off as, what what about this middle-class black family and their struggles of everyday life? Mm -hmm. Season 8, what if there were potions and wizards and magic, <laughs> and he could turn into a robot and Bruce Lee, and occasionally they get shrunken down and attacked by an evil puppet? It was, yeah. What, oh what then? God. Even with Urkel, it started out, he, well, he kind of loves Laura, but the school thinks he's a nerd, and on 302010, we just talked about the episode. Well, in the second to last season, Urkel invents time travel, and they go yes. back to pirate times. That's and I will say... Happens. 
Like the the chemistry between uh, Jaleel White and Reginald Bell Johnson so is amazing. So it's is. just like Mark Lynn Baker and Bronson Pinchot on Perfect Strangers. They are great together yeah. as these characters. Like fuck everyone else in that entire show. Them together is like magic. Even in the yeah. crappiest wa- episodes. I lo- if you grew up watching Family Matters, the show the cast was huge, and every year you just you just see like a time. child fired. Yeah. So so Jaleel White could get more money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it eventually got the awkward. Winslow struck to, like shrunk to three people. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Jaleel White kind of experienced the carrot top effect where he's like, I'm going to bulk up and no one will make fun of me anymore in real life. Yeah. But Urkel on the show was also buff and you could see his enormous package <laughs> through his tight pants. It is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, well, Boys, also. Boys I, of Sonic. Never want to let that go. I, I felt bad for Waldo that he was brought in. He was Eddie's friend Waldo. He's like, no, you're supposed to be the funny idiot. And they're like, nah, St- Steven's the funny oh, one here. Waldo, Waldo, Waldo. Yes. yes. Waldo, Waldo, Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> that Key and Peele sketch so is, is so oh, great about, so about how Steve, about Jaleel White slash Urkel took over the show mm-hmm. uh, on the series and just ruined it mm-hmm. or made it better. That, and I believe uh, Family Matters was savvy enough to make a joke where a character... Uh, over the credits, a character confuses uh, Reginald Vell Johnson <laughs> for James Avery, the yes. dad on Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and he shows up on the show. I remember that, and yes. I was like, "This is amazing!" Like the two uh, large black dads yeah, are the, finally appearing the on the James same show. James Avery is about a foot taller than Reginald. That's true, Johnson. but they're so huge and powerful. Yes, uh, but the. <laughs> Also, I did hate about the Stephen Urkel character that he was, I'm wearing you down. I'm wearing you down. And he did wear her down. She marries him in the season series finale. I totally missed that. But what's wrong with liking cheese? Cheese is is great. (laughs) (laughs) I will die on this hill. Anyway, why are we talking about Urkel? (laughs) This is why. Come on, Lisa. Say something funny. Like what? Oh, something stupid like Bart would say. Bucka bucka or wizzle wazzle. (laughs) Something like that. Forget it, Dad. If I ever become famous, I want it to be for something worthwhile, not because of some obnoxious fad. Obnoxious fad? Ah, uh, don't worry, son. You know, they said the same thing about Urkel. It, that little snot boy, I'd like to smack that kid. <laughs> Homer wants to, <sighs> wants to uh, like, just turn his violence onto Urkel. <laughs> How quickly it turns. He like, made this point. Smack that kid. Uh, <laughs> like Urkel with but, those Urkelos yeah but this is really great and I'm, I'm glad this is the perfect kind of thing for us this to talk about amazing, an hour yeah. into the episode huh. uh, wow, Bart yeah. gets to go on a talk show what talk show Conan O'Brien so Conan um, O'Brien. it's really funny because around the same time in the real world there is a joke on the critic where Jay goes to his favorite restaurant yes. but he is bumped from his table by Conan O'Brien yes. and the joke there is nobody knows who Conan O'Brien is and I'm sure the writers thought his show would have been cancelled by that point in time yes every Everybody figured it would be canceled. In case you somehow don't know the history of Conan, the short version is that he was a writer on The Simpsons for seasons four, three, the, four right, and writer five. Writer on SNL got tired of that, got out of that contract to go work on The Simpsons, and Lorne Michaels is like, there, there's no opening after... Letterman's like leaving. Would you Letterman's like to host leaving. my late night show? Well, they wanted many people to take it. Mm-hmm. They thought they could get Jerry Shandling or Billy Crystal. None of them wanted to work I think nights I, every night. Conan is my Letterman. Yeah. He's my oh, favorite talk show like, host. But it's a testament to how fucking powerful Lauren Michaels is. Yeah. He liked Conan. Nobody knew who he was. I mean, and, and everybody was sure it would be over. And he constantly mm-hmm. joked on the show of, like, this has the worst ratings. No one watches yeah, it. It's not popular. I think they stopped talking about it after... Seven years, the show like what like finally wasn't at the risk of cancellation. Yes. But he talks about the first two years like it was week to week mm-hmm. and exhausting. 
And Letterman even came back to NBC to be on the show because, like, Man, they're really going to fuck with this kid. I, mean, I got to help. I started watching Conan mm-hmm. when it started when I was, like, 11, too, I, and it blew my mind. It was, it. like, proto-Mr. Show comedy. Mm-hmm. They would have, like, fake guests on, and they would do these amazing sketches where Conan would take his desk out yep. onto the streets of New York, but it was all just a giant elaborate green screen bit. <laughs> Talk to a clutch cargo Bill Clinton. Exactly. Just like so many like very formative things for me. So it always brings me back to that time recording Mm -hmm. these shows, seeing his original sets too. And And finding finding out that he was also involved in The Simpsons was like years later. I'm like, man, I was really right to love this guy. Well, and and they made his original set because Mm -hmm. they were animating it like right around when it premiered. And Mm -hmm. so they made his original set and Conan's on the commentary Mm -hmm. and he even talks about like, God, that old set, that first set looks so... I love it though. I love it. It's a very sweaty set. It's that Mr. Show, like, did you paint mold on on purpose? Like, why does it look like <laughs> it this? It looks like a 70s rec room, but yeah. what Bart says feels like an ad. So he says he's going to be on yeah. the show, but he's like, just watch the Conan O'Brien show. You'll find out. I, like, I feel like that is, like, on an on-the-nose ad. The, I think, that, yeah, you like, can actually have a clip t- of Bart saying, watch the Conan O'Brien it's show. It's twice where they say, late night with Conan O'Brien. They tell you the time slot, and they show you the logo. Yeah. yeah. And you know and nobody paid for it. It was just a nice favor they were doing for their I, buddy. I, wow. I do enjoy Homer's joke. After Leno, I'm all so laughed good. out. I, I Acknowledging Jay Leno sucks yeah, in yes. 1994. Homer two-fisting sandwiches while he says Acknowledging it. the time slot. I love that. And yeah. that the concern was, if we make this joke, not only will no, but people might not get it, but the show might not exist to get yeah. if we make it. Conan jokes, it would have aired after he was canceled in the way that there were jokes about James Dean in movies after he died. Famous speedster. Famous James speedster, Dean. James Dean. <laughs> oh, here's the clip. It's lovely. What the hell are you reading books for? I'm doing the Conan O'Brien show, and I want to have some intelligent stuff to talk about. Don't forget to say I didn't do it. Dad, there's more to me than just a catchphrase. How do you figure, boy? <laughs> Watch the Conan O'Brien show. You'll see. All right, but after Leno, I'm all left out, you know. You know, Conan, I have a lot to say. I'm not just a one-line wonder. Did you know that a section of rainforest the size of Kansas has burned every single... Just do the line. I didn't do it. (laughs) Great material. We'll be right back. Sit perfectly still. Only I may dance. I do love that. I love the joke, but it gave me the faulty perception that Conan danced... Out to break. He doesn't and that's dance not out to break. No. Isn't no, the thing I that mean, ever happened. I haven't watched him regularly in like 15 years, but uh, he did dance a lot during his monologues. He would do the string dance, oh, yeah, yeah. where he like dance, cut the yes. strings on Dude, his like the even fake that's strings like on his body parts. 12 years in Conan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, but he did like he was very animated. Yeah. I think like he was he was never afraid to make a fool of himself, which is why that's, the show was so interesting. The only reason, I, the only way I can really describe what I loved about Conan that it was just like low-budget cartoon starring real people. Yeah, That yeah. was mostly what the show God, was. if a streaming network like Hulu, which NBC owns, could just mm-hmm. put all of the old Conans on there, I would yeah. watch all of them I and relive they did, the they 90s. They struck a deal with a TBS show knowing that like, if we don't do anything with them, there's no money to be made not doing anything with them yeah. and give, like, licensing them to the new shows. So remember, they used to have to like show stills on the TBS Conan mm-hmm. O'Brien show. That's right. This is what we used to do. Find this on YouTube, but I think they started playing clips of the show. I, I the remember, show. yeah, I remember in the summer that Syphil and Ollie was on MTV, mm-hmm. I would stay up to watch Syphil and Ollie and like, well, it's over. Conan's on. Let's Ooh. give that a watch. It would. That was a good I, summer for me, too. I, I remember the <laughs> good summer of watching television. Yes, uh, uh, a, a beautiful a point It was like time. Space Ghost and Syphil and Ollie and, and yeah, uh, I was also so happy Conan. Comedy Central 
made a big deal out of it. They would rerun last night's Conan O'Brien at 7 p.m. the yeah. next day. And, like, that's right. It was bliss for me. I'm, that was so short lived, but I was I, so happy. I mean, in the 90s, I watched the 80s David Letterman on E. Yep. And that's yep. how I saw every Chris Elliott sketch and stuff like that. All the yeah, stuff the I missed. Stupid pet yeah. tricks, All the, the things I The Sunny and Cher reunion. And all oh. the Larry Bud Melman stuff. So. Uh, then Bart dreams of what his fame is going to be as a one-hit wonder, and he dreams so, of Match Game 2034. He misjudges Let's a couple living people, too. So there's <laughs> Match Game 2034. Honestly feels like the pilot for Futurama. Everyone yep. is dressed like Futurama characters, and there is a head in a jar that is kept alive. That's Kitty Carlisle. Still alive? No, no. she died in 2007 in 1994. Well, Farrah Fawcett. At, at age of 95. Definitely didn't make it a 2034. She died in 2009. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can give you the ages of all the people still alive a on this. Day after oh, Michael right. Jackson and was totally like a day before That's Michael right. Jackson was no, totally it was overshadowed. Even the same day, like yeah. they made a special for her of like her last days in cancer. Is like no Michael Jackson. Pull died, that Life like, magazine off the over. shelf. It's uh, Michael Jackson time. Sucks to be you, I guess. But so here are all the people on the show in 2034. Here's how old they would be. Billy Crystal would be 86. Mm. Um, one interesting thing is that um, they predicted his beard. I just have to say that's that. true. I mean, he didn't have the beard then. He has it now. True. It was a foregone conclusion. But Farrah Fawcett, Majors O'Neill Varney, they predicted she would marry Jim Varney, aka Ernest. I love that. And he died in 2000. She died in 2009. Whew. Lonnie Anderson will be 88 in 2034. Famous right. ventriloquist. Spike Lee will be 77. Damn. I think Lonnie Anderson transitioned to ventriloquy in <laughs> I her guess old that's age. A joke, yes. Yeah, instead of being like a blonde bombshell. But that's all the ages of the people. Spike Lee will probably live till uh, that date, so we might see him on Match Game 2034. So. Mm-hmm. But and there is currently a Match Game show on no. on NBC right now, no. and they had Kitty Carlisle there there because she was a regular on the original Match Game in the seventies, mm. and also mo- most oh. famously on To Tell the Truth. Oh, you're right. She was one of the constants on that. She was really a singer and stage performer by trade who then on TV just became a TV personality from pretty much the birth of television. I do love that. I don't know why, but let's start the game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kitty Carlisle was, uh, I think the most famous movie to me Uh, she was in was The Night at the Opera, the Marx Brothers film. She's in a Marx Brothers film. Yes. We are talking. And she lived until 2007, 10 years ago. 95, man. That's crazy. So before the scene night we love, uh, Mm -hmm. there's one thing I want to point out. In the scene where people are walking on Krusty's back, uh, David Silverman is in the background playing the tuba. Oh, wow. Uh, He plays the tuba in real life. His name on Twitter is Tubatron. Please follow (laughs) Tubatron. He will retweet like ancient 30-year-old sketches he did for scenes you know I love that. I love He's like, hey, I found this little drawing from the Butterfinger commercial, this Butterfinger commercial. Pretty crazy, huh? I mean, David Silverman seems like the chillest dude he goes to burning man every year yes. has his own camp like he's living the dream man it's amazing i i love that to go david silverman i i mean i'd love to talk with him someday that would be great mm. but, hint, hint, david. but marge in i think the third time in this show has another you're making people happy line yeah like I, I am twice this, with homer and this time with bart but i'm this person as an entertainer now i used to be worried about selling out but every time i like hit yeah, on something like, listen yeah, it, i've accepted if you if people want you to do something do it you're yes. making them happy don't <laughs> yeah. worry about if you're short selling yourself or whatever I'm Roger like, just Rabbit do what you my do job best. is to make people happy yeah. and laugh and that, that is an entertainer's job if they're attacking you for your politics you're not doing your job well as an entertainer <laughs> so where's Bonesois let's hear Bonesois I have to like look up another French word just to do that just to do that character I think we should almost retabulate and make this line of the show it's yeah, framed and delivered this. so well uh, I'm not going to play the sound effect but I love it I know you feel a little silly saying the same four words over and over but you shouldn't. You're making people happy, and that's a very hard thing to do. 
You're right, Mom. I shouldn't let this bother me. I'm in television now. It's my job to be repetitive. My job. My job. Repetitiveness is my job. I am going to go out there tonight and give the best performance of my life. The best performance of your life? The best performance of my life. <laughs> that is so offensively great. It's really good. I love how much they rub it in. So Marge has given this speech twice before. Once in Blood Feud about how like Homer should be happy that he saved Mr. Burns. That he saved Mr. Burns's life. Yes. Another one in Flaming Moe's that you're making people happy. That's right. And in this one, it's the same thing. So Marge is really just like seeing the true value and just like being a, a good person with some like some kind of talent or some sort of uh, giving quality. So when they get to the show and Bart is ready to perform, Krusty's leap onto the spotlight is the most, it's so David silverman oh, I can't tell so... if it's Silverman or Brad Bird because Brad Bird gets like a Krusty scene now and then. The, the finger does. points, you know, yeah. like I, it might be Brad Bird. I don't know. Mm, I It felt more silverman to me. He loves a finger pointing up He loves up in moving the air. around fingers. I'm, I'm yes. going to say let's, it's up in the air until we contact All both right. of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, my bet's on Silverman, Bob's, Vote is for Brad Bird. Let's Hashtag Brad Bird, boys, if you agree with me. There's a lot of alliteration <laughs> happening right now. Spit everywhere. And hashtag Silver is the man for me. I'm just stealing a Doughboy's I now. was stealing from the Doughboys as well. Great right. podcast, by the way. But, I'm very confused. But nobody likes it when he finally does it because yeah. the spell is off. The fad is over. Like the salivating dogs you yeah. are. If you had to examine it, Bart's not a great actor. And when he wasn't acting, it was funny. Mm. And then when he's trying. This happens to me all the time. Oh, you know, I never thought of it. When, like when I try and do something funny, it has to happen by accident. Organically, <laughs> it, uh, that's just the internet. When we work in a business, like, we're going to make this go viral. I'm like... You don't get to decide that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you in fact, just, you throw it out there. Something goes viral because it tends to do something unexpected or horribly humiliate you someone. You can't plan viral content it never for the most happens. part. Yeah. Executives love hearing that, too. Oh, yeah. You tell them it can't go viral. Just make an incredibly popular thing. Yeah. So, what's so hard about that? <laughs> That's why we hired you. I work at a website. Another of my... <laughs> One of my all-time favorite lines is the clown show has been put on hiatus for retooling. <laughs> for immediately, there's yeah. an announcer. The live show, for by the retooling. way. Ladies and gentlemen, the clown show. My, mine is just ancient showbiz terms. I love that. <laughs> what happened? Oh, don't worry about that. You're just finished, that's all. <laughs> finished? That happens all the time. That show business for you. One day, you're the most important guy who ever lived. The next day, you're some schmo working in a box factory. Oh, I heard that. Boy, show business is kind of cruel, isn't it? Oh. I heard that. <laughs> and then uh. it just, the, the the door has like no entry on it, just to make it clear. Like, you yeah. can't come back. You're forbidden from show business. You've show... ruined your one chance. <laughs> it's over for you. And yeah, that when he looks at the guy at the box factory, I wondered if that was implying like this guy was... He was an I didn't do it guy once too, and now he works at a There's, box. Factory. There is a little fiction there mm-hmm. that Krusty knows who that is. Yeah, it I reminds it. me of uh, Deep Cut, a Strangers with Candy episode, where like <laughs> oh in the town uh, wherever Flatpoint is, you settle by working at the artificial plant plants. Yeah, and it's like the safest thing, but it's the most joyless, hateful job. But it's just there for you if you settle, and that sort of reminds me of the box factory. Anybody who yeah. doesn't want to fail. Dreams are for fools. <laughs> Dreams are for fools. Show rules, and we should have done that instead. We would have been done a year. Talking ago. strangers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we've been done in under a year. We it's... just had to seal the name before Chris Hardwick did. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. We had to get on it first. But... You're not a nerd. You're buff. Get out of here. <laughs> so that you have too many muscles to be a nerd. I disagree. <laughs> and then they end with like another insanely meta moment. Yeah, I don't one. remember getting all the 
meta jokes in the show. It just but shows I remember... how established it was yeah. at this point, how it had such a strong identity. I, I love all the Bart merchandise. It sort of reminds me of the B-Sharps merchandise, yeah. you know, all the Bart stuff. So I... The Bart doll he holds in his hand is exactly a doll. Like, that existed. Mm-hmm. The Burger King doll. Yeah. And Bender will eat his shorts in a thousand years. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it, it, I not only got this joke real hard, like, I am on out of my seat. Oh, my God. I can't believe they're acknowledging mm-hmm. all this. Well, it made me realize that certain characters had catchphrases and I didn't know it. That even mm-hmm. sound effects are catchphrases. Well, and Simpsons recognizing mm-hmm. they also use catchphrases. Mm-hmm. I think it's them saying, like, we're not better than catchphrases. We yes. do it all the time. Yes, I love this. Mm-hmm. I saved these for you, Bart. You always have them to remind you of the time when you were the whole world's special little guy. Thanks, Mom. And now you can go back to just being you instead of a one-dimensional character with a silly catchphrase. Hi, Caramba! Hi, Lee Hope! Excellent. If anyone wants me, I'll be in my room. What kind of catchphrase is that? So good. I think they missed the poos. Thank you, come again. Thank you, come again. Yeah, yeah there could have that. been a few more, but with season one uh, era merchandise, you can see them struggling to figure out things for Marge and Lisa. Mm. Um, one of the ones I remember in like Spencer's gifts or wherever I was seeing Simpson shirt at the time, Lisa's catchphrase on merchandise was "A penny saved is a pony earned," uh, which yeah. she would never say on the show. No, but they had and, to. They're like, well, okay, what's it about Lisa? She likes ponies. She likes ponies, I guess, and uh, she's thrifty. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But with Marge, uh, I remember this one T-shirt and like poster. It was her. God, what's the one where they go to Mister Burns's place? Uh, no disgrace like home. Ah. Um, she's holding a Jello mold that looks like her hair, Jello mold, <laughs> and she says, "I made it myself." So I guess it's supposed to be gross or something. I, I forget guess. what it is, but yeah. I mean, they like the the, the, the mm, doesn't really translate well to written language. Yeah, you can't put that on yeah. the. Well, same with suck suck. It's is, thwuck thwuck. Yes, thwuck thwuck. It's like this does remind me of them trying to. I mean, if you buy Lisa merchandise, what is even on it anymore? Mm, I would bet it would be something about her being a vegetarian. Yeah. I, I would think or jazz. And in the arcade two. game, her her catchphrase is, is embrace nothingness, which mm. I love. <laughs> That. that should have been the t-shirt catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. Homer's is yellow. Yellow. That was a great episode. I love that one. It's it, a plus, man. It's savage on entertainment. It's just like, oh, it's a it's a cutthroat business that will chew you up and spit you out, and no one will care. Written by people in show business, yes. so they're right. Yeah. They know it better than anybody, and that. Krusty is great in his cruelty. I love that. And Yeah, uh, and I mean, we are so self-indulgent on this podcast, but I wish we could have played the entire, like, two-and-a-half-minute box factory sequence of just, like, <laughs> the announcement, the drive there, the, like, tour, the tour around his desk. Everything is just, like, again, it is just, like, perfect comedy like the, uses the fam- Steam Ham scene. It uses the family well. It uses a bunch of tertiary characters yeah. to make important points. It introduces we a major new character yeah. in a lot of scenes. It's awesome. It's so yeah. great. It, to me, it's A-plus perfect Simpsons. It's so good uh, and this, this is a great episode, episode. Uh, one of the best of the season I think and even if even if it is kind of up its own butt in terms of <laughs> being a, a comment about itself and show business I feel like it still tells a great story about Bart and we will see him become famous again later yeah. in the show. And it, and it works on a small town scale. In other later episodes, they would have, they will literally send Bart to Hollywood and have the Hollywood experience. But this is in That's the right. small town yeah. scale, so they could still keep it Springfieldian while still making it obviously about Hollywood and fame in general. 
Awesome. So that was a great episode, everybody. Oh, Thank you for right. listening to Talking Simpsons. I've been your host, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I also write for the website Fandom about video games. Go to fandom.com to read my stuff there. And my other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast every Monday at retronauts.com or search for Retronauts in your podcast machine or iTunes or whatever. Every week is a new uh, podcast about a new subject. Look up our Bart vs. the Space Mutants episode if you want to get a taste of uh, the Talking Simpsons crew on Retronauts. There's but if you have another Simpsons episode coming up, uh, yeah, we're doing Bart's Nightmare soon. So look oh. for that one, too. Uh, if you're listening to this way after the fact, it already exists. So mm. good for you. And uh, <laughs> if you don't care about old Simpsons games, look up any topic. We've probably done it. We've done like a 90 minute episode about it. Go to Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine. Everybody else. I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. And that's where you can follow me. I also want to say a big old shout out. Well, to multiple people. First off, we asked people to give new reviews on iTunes. We had several very nice new ones, and I'd love to see some more on iTunes reviews. They really do help the show beyond other ways you can help it, which I'll get to in a second. But one person who really helps the show is Eric Nagel, our bestest buddy in the world. He, if you were shocked by the opening of this episode and the plug by Hank Azaria, that's all thanks to Eric Nagel. So I just want to thank you again of the It's Eric Show on uh, well it's a podcast now too not just on uh, Sirius XM Sirius XM yeah so uh, and of course uh, this podcast is supported by patreon.com slash laser time and it's where the entire first season of Talking Simpsons lives as well as our seasons 2, 3, and 4 wrap ups give those a listen folks yeah thank you so much and laser time lasertimepodcast.com it was the show that sort of kickstarted some of this stuff we have a patreon patreon.com slash laser time you made talking simpsons a reality so those are the people who get season one at, at, at the cost of just five bucks uh, a month you can access 13 uh, exclusive talking simpsons episodes as well as a, a three exclusive uh talking simpsons season wrap-ups we talk about what happened in between seasons and uh stuff that won emmys the highest rated stuff and some really weird minutiae commercial i'm out of words yeah, all kinds of stuff <laughs> so thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with homer and apu see you then infotainment.